Welcome to the Number Station. This podcast is a continuation of a conversation with James Landemir of the New York Botanical Gardens, where we further discuss the subject of lichen. Listening back to what we've just talked about recently, um, I've got the I've got a few questions. I'll try and keep them brief. So. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that you were talking about the obligate relationship and how different cycles of evolution, but sometimes they would be perhaps repeating a process of evolution that they had in the past, like how long that process might go on for. And I don't know if that's a question you can answer with any sort of degree of certainty, but it'd be interesting to get an idea, I think. I mean, we actually, so it, it's interesting, we don't really have a really firm understanding of sort of the the length of time that it takes for the process of evolving the lichen lifestyle to unfold. Uh, that's actually something that, you know, really needs to be studied, as well as just sort of the basic mechanisms of how that happens. Um, but, you know, that being said, yeah, it, it's just, it's fascinating that you have all of these different groups of fungi that have evolved this lifestyle or are sort of in the process seemingly of evolving it, uh, or, you know, maybe in some cases they have lost it. Um, you know, is the switch something that happens really quickly or is it something that takes sort of a long time? Um, you know, it, it, it's, you would think that that's a major evolutionary change to go from sort of how you get your nutrition one way to another way. <laughs> um, you know, so you would imagine that doesn't happen just overnight. Uh, but exactly how long it takes, we sort of we don't have a good idea. And, and I would imagine in some ways that it probably takes different amounts of times and maybe even occurs potentially in different ways uh, in different groups of fungi. I mean, we're really just looking at the end state which is that they form this lichen lifestyle. Um, and, you know, as with humans, there's many different ways to sort of have the same lifestyle, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sort of following on from that, then, it, it, how, how is it possible to tell if a lichen has actually gone through that evolutionary cycle more than once? I mean, is there a... a... Key to that is really not thinking of it as like one lichen going through a process, right? You know, evolutionary history is the cumulative result of, you know, millions of years of evolution of generations and generations of individuals doing lots of different things and interacting and changing. So, you know, the lichen we see today is the product of many generations and, you know, very long periods of time over which various, you know, forces have, have sort of had their, their way with it, so to speak. Um, you know, so so if, if we want to understand sort of the evolutionary history of the lichen lifestyle of a given species that we see now, you have to put it in the context of the broader evolutionary history of all the fungi that it's related to. That's all the lichens and all the things that are fungi that are not lichens that, you know, have other lifestyles. Um, and using these sorts of like mostly molecular data, so DNA sequences, uh, you can infer what sort of the past states of its ancestors would have been. So, you know, maybe whether it's it's a, the lichen that you see today may be the product of multiple gains and losses of the lichen lifestyle, or it may not. Maybe, uh, you know, that lifestyle appears to have been gained only one time in that particular lineage of lichens, and it's just become fixed, and it's, it's you know, there to stay. Um, yeah, it's, it's just another sort of fascinating 
ripple of the lichen uh, surface. Um, every sort of attempt to probe this creature is uh, is met by more sort of fascination and wonder than than concrete answers. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, again, it's because they're not all one thing. I mean, you're talking about a lifestyle that's evolved in all these different groups at different times and potentially in different ways. And so it's just sort of like that with everything with lichens is that you're trying to sort of talk about one thing, but then apply it to lots of different things that are not necessarily related to each other. And that's, I mean, that's why it's just fascinating. They're like every, as you said, everything that you try to look in at more detail almost invariably there sort of seems to be more than one answer and it's a little bit more of a complex question uh just because of that it's not like just looking at sunflowers or you know tree snails or bats or something like that i mean it's like looking at you know all animals (laughs) (laughs) uh and it is a simple question are lichen what they digest Ooh, well, that's a good question. I mean, what are they digesting? So, you know, because they're not eating food from like the environment quite the same way that we are. So you have to think of our lichens, their lichens are what they eat in the sense that, you know, they're getting their nutrition from the algae and cyanobacteria, the things that live inside of them. So like, you know, the, the, the things that those are producing are what ultimately the lichen is, you know, using to build itself, right? Like that's its source of carbon. That's its source of all of these nutrients. But in a more fundamental way, lichens are a product of where they grow uh, and the environment over the time that they grow. And the reason for that is that they sequester pollutants and and heavy metals and things like that inside of them. So if they're in an environment that, and they and they have the ability to tolerate some degree of those things. So in, you know, if a lichen is growing in an area that it has, you know, some kind of heavy metal contamination, there's going to be a lot of lichen species that will be able to tolerate some level of that and they will accumulate those heavy metals in them. Uh, so I think of it as more of they're sort of like a lichens are their environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Okay, and that brings me quite nicely onto uh, my last question, which is that you you talked about uh, how lichen is uh, provides a service uh, uh, the regulation of humidity and temperature on the floors, uh, particularly in in forests, uh, but probably other places as well. And I don't think I really uh, let you capitalize on on the importance of that particular point uh which is grossly unfair to lichen because that's okay me... everyone's unfair to lichens <laughs> <laughs> it's their it's their lot in life <laughs> everyone thinks they're just small and unimportant and meanwhile they just go about doing all this stuff that you know makes it so that we can live in this world i i, I think the way to Think of the way to think of lichens in in the environment in terms of managing the climate and things like that is that they really do it in this sort of they're they're buffering from extreme events. So, you know, that's not to say that if it gets crazy hot or it gets crazy dry, that there won't be impacts. 
you know, because those are extreme events and they are extreme. But sort of the like daily rhythm of hot and cold and dry and everything, they kind of wet and dry. Those those sort of daily rhythms that you have in the environment, um, they sort of help keep it so that it's all moderated just a little bit so that everything kind of remains in this you know, tolerable zone where it's a little bit easier to survive, if that makes sense. You know, like the lichens themselves require all this humidity and moisture and things like that to be active and to live. And so lichens themselves sort of are these engineers of the environment, my colleague Jessica Allen put it that way a few days ago to me. And, um, you know, that they, they really do sort of engineer their own environments. We, we like to say that like lichens beget lichens, you know, um, you can also credit her with that phrase. Uh, you know, lichens create this environment that's sort of good for more lichens, but also it's really good for a lot of other things in the environment because they need moisture and they need sort of constant you know, stable temperatures to survive, uh, you know, with, without that, there's just all sorts of things that would be much more impacted uh, and wouldn't be able to live. Thank you for that. And thank you also for your patience with me and uh, <laughs> your, your generosity with your time and information as well. Oh, um, it, it, I've, I've really enjoyed learning about something that that i knew was there but didn't know was there as well and it's super fun right like i I love to talk about this with anyone just because it's like oh my god that's right there's all this crazy stuff going on who knew